I'm the greatest thing that ever lived. Now, I don't have a mark on my face, yes. and I upset Sonny Liston, and I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. Now, I told the world, I talk to God every day. If God's with me, can't nobody be against me, Sonny. I shook up the world. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It was late Friday night, just before I was about to go to sleep, that I saw the news that Muhammad Ali had passed away at age 74. And for the next hour, I was on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and it seemed like the whole world just stopped whatever they were doing, and everybody was talking about Muhammad Ali. Even uh, the next morning, I got up around 7 o'clock, and I go on Twitter, and everything, you know on Twitter, they have the uh, the trends list. Everybody was talking about Muhammad Ali. Everything that was trending was in relation to Muhammad Ali. I could not believe that. I'd never seen anything like that for any sort of event, person. I'd never seen that in my life. And... Uh, that goes to show you the kind of impact that somebody like Muhammad Ali had on the world. He was bigger than boxing. He transcended the sport. And this was a sport he left, he retired from, over 30 years ago. And yet he still had that huge impact. He hadn't done anything major since lighting the torch at the 1996 uh, Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia. But still, he had that impact on the world. There's not much I can say about Muhammad Ali that hasn't been said by someone else more eloquently than me in the past 48 hours. There's not much I can say about him that he didn't say about himself throughout his 74 years on this earth. There's no way that you can be a fan of boxing and in some way not be a fan of Muhammad Ali. Now, even though I got into boxing around 2004, I actually wasn't that interested in the heavyweights or their history. And thus, very stupidly of me, I ignored Muhammad Ali. I was more interested in fighters in smaller weight classes that were closer to my size. I was more interested in fighters like Tommy Hearns, Ray Leonard, Pernell Whitaker, and Oscar De La Hoya. I never paid too much attention to Ali until probably 2005 when I started to get more interested in the history of the sport and I looked more closely at all the weight divisions, and the more I did, the more I wanted to watch Muhammad Ali. Uh, around that same time I was going into college, I found this DVD about uh, the first fight with Joe Frazier, and sadly this DVD doesn't work anymore because uh, it's truly something special. It's a documentary uh, looking up at the uh, build-up to their fight, the training, the trash talk, and uh, the great thing is, I think the best part about it is you're watching this and you can sort of feel the tension building because they're showing backstage stuff. They're showing the technical crews getting all the feeds to every city that's getting the fight. And they're showing the interviews with that uh, Joe Frazier is doing with Archie Moore. Burt Lancaster is doing an interview with Muhammad Ali. But once the fight starts, there's no commentary. I think Don Dunphy... Uh, and Burt Lancaster were doing the commentary for that fight, but uh, there, there's no commentary. You don't hear it. There's no cutaways. There's no... The fight is not edited in any way. It's not cut so that you're missing something. 
what it is is that the camera angle is constantly changing so you're getting the optimal view that anyone could hope to get and it's just a beautiful thing to watch all 15 rounds and while I was in college I would uh, play this on my laptop and when I did it seemed like all the guys and even some girls even would gather around and want to watch and these were people who were not into boxing at all I, I think I can safely say that. I, I was the boxing nut uh, throughout all my college years. But when these people saw that it was Muhammad Ali, they stopped and they knew they had to check this out because it was probably going to be something special. And it always was for us when we were watching it. We loved it when Ali would unleash these lightning fast combinations. There, There's one point after he gets into the ring where he just... He throws off this quick flurry, and the crowd's going wild. And like us watching, we're kind of like, "Oh, like look how fast he is!" And he's not even fighting yet. I mean, we loved that. We loved it when Frazier would land a, a beautiful left hook on him, and Ali would clinch and shake his head to the crowd, like, "No, didn't hurt me one bit." They admired Ali in the fifteenth round when he got knocked down by probably one of the best left hooks in history. And got up about three seconds later. And I have to say to this day, the first Ali Frazier fight is still my favorite fight of all time. It's one of the few fights where watching it feels exactly like it did the first time I saw it. In fact, uh, also around that time, I had my first uh, cell phone, and on it there was a I had a I had recorded a Muhammad Ali ringtone. And it was a clip of him saying, you will know that beyond the shadow of a doubt, I am still the greatest of all time. And I, <laughs> I apologize for that. I could not find that clip anywhere on YouTube. And uh, as clearly evidenced by me, only Ali can do Ali. But I loved that ringtone so much that whenever it would go off, I would let it play the whole way through. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare interrupt him just so I could like flip it open and say hello. I wanted to hear that over and over. And people who were passing by or just sitting next to me would stop and say, Oh, is it is that Muhammad Ali on your cell phone? That is so cool. When I was training under uh, Mary Spencer at the Windsor Amateur Boxing Club, uh, when I lived in the Windsor Essex County, I would at times mimic Muhammad Ali uh, doing when I was sparring. Mary would put me in the ring uh, with somebody new, and the object for that person was to try and hit me. My objective was not to get hit at all. And I would do the arms down. I If some if I saw a punch coming, I would lean back while using my legs. It, it was fun, but uh, like I said earlier, the only person who can really do Ali is Ali. And I think that's why so many people looked up to him because he had a standard without looking too perfect. It's hard to explain, but like so many others, I wish I had the courage of Muhammad Ali. You know, look at all the fights he went into, especially where he was the big underdog, like Liston and Foreman. Fights where people thought he would be lucky to emerge from that in one piece. And look how fearless he is. Look at how he stares at what everyone thinks or what or who everyone thinks is going to be his executioner and then see how easily he disposes of them. You could kind of tell in the first Foreman fight that as he keeps landing those straight left hands that you're watching this and thinking, Foreman's in trouble. 
Foreman did not expect this at all. He's not scared like Kenny Norton was. He isn't getting easily knocked down like Joe Frazier was. Foreman's in trouble. And you can tell by the fourth round. In fact, I think they get somebody on commentary who says, I think Muhammad Ali is going to knock him out in eight rounds. It, it's just incredible. I, uh, I think that just as great as his courage in the ring was his courage outside it. Now, I'll be honest, I don't want to get into a political debate about the ethics behind the Vietnam War. But I think it's safe to say that whether you were for the war or against it, you have to admire the courage of Muhammad Ali for standing his ground for what he believed in. He didn't think it was right to go to a country he couldn't find on a map, kill people for so-called freedom while segregation was still going on in his own country. The memory of winning a gold medal for America in the 1960 Olympics and then going back to that country and being denied the right to sit in a diner and get a cheeseburger and watching the progressing civil rights movement probably weighed heavily on that decision. No doubt it did. He could easily have fled to Canada or to any other country, but he didn't. He faced jail time. He faced five years in prison. He lost three and a half years of his prime. He lost millions of dollars in those title defenses and probable endorsements. But he stuck to it. In this day and age, someone, anybody, a celebrity, an athlete, they get on Twitter or social media of some kind and they make a statement, something controversial. And within an hour a day at most, they will, they'll be back on mentioning how they didn't want to offend anybody or how they were misinterpreted. Muhammad Ali never did that. He never said, oh, well, what I meant to say was this. He meant every word that he said. That's not to say that Ali said stuff in the past that I and many others would disagree with. I recently uh, read an article he did in Playboy back in 1975 where he said that a black man should be killed if he's messing around with a white woman. He said in that same interview that one of his dreams before he died was to, was, uh, to see a segregation of the races in America. I never liked the racial taunting of Joe Frazier that he did during the third fight and calling him a gorilla. Stuff like that was Ali taking it too far, in my opinion. And I always thought how. I, I always thought it was weird how Ali would say Frazier was fighting for white America and Ali was fighting for black America. I thought Joe could have easily turned the, situa- the situation around and said, if, uh, if you're fighting for black America, how come I've got two black men, Yank Durham and Eddie Futch, in my corner? You know, they're black like me. You've got. Angelo Dundee and Freddie Pacheco, two white Italians in your corner, and you've also got Bundini Brown, who is black, but he won't join the Nation of Islam. He's Jewish, and he's married to a white woman. That's that's just my personal view on that. The stuff about racial segregation and killing of interracial couples, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that was from members of the Nation of Islam brainwashing him or just whispering in his ear what to say. And even if he did believe that, even if he did believe that at the time, 
I think it's safe to say that his viewpoint changed significantly across the next 41 years. Okay? Because, let's be honest, people do say inflammatory things, and yet they change their viewpoints. Manny Pacquiao has said some (laughs) terrible things about homosexuals. But in the next five years, what if he reverses that viewpoint? Should we still condemn him for what he said? Al Gore. You know, big liberal hero Al Gore once campaigned, or not campaigned, but he sought the support of Fred Phelps and the Westboro Baptist Church. For those of you unfamiliar, those are the God Hates Fags people. Okay, so Al Gore sought their support in the 1980s. And yet he probably, he obviously has changed, whether legitimately or just for political reasons. But regardless, we shouldn't be talking about that. And like going back to what I said, even if Ali did say this stuff, and he did, and even if he believed it, he obviously changed over the next 41 years. But even then, that's not the Muhammad Ali we should be remembering or celebrating. We should remember Muhammad Ali as a man who would rise to the occasion on the greatest of occasions, do the impossible, while still making it look easy. We should remember Muhammad Ali as someone who once took time out of his training for the foreman fight to visit a young boy in the hospital dying of cancer because he loved Muhammad Ali so much. We should remember how in 1981, he raced across the street and up a building to help save a man who was trying to commit suicide, not because he knew the man, but because he felt he could make a difference. We should remember him as someone who continues to make a difference 35 years after his retirement by influencing lives all over the world. We should remember him for what he was and what he always will be, the greatest of all time. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Muhammad Ali. Everybody stop talking now. Attention. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Want to beat Sunday Liston? I told you today I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me. Never again say that I'm going to be defeated. Never again Make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Then you might get me.